Hello and welcome back to, you're listening to HSC English Hackers. Today's episode is the first of our new series representing the human experience to help all you brand new year 12 students with the common module, Text and the Human Experience. The text I've chosen to analyse is George Orwell's famous 1984 and throughout this series we're going to break down and explore the important aspects of humanity within the text, starting in today's episode with Rebellion. We're also going to look at Margaret Atwood's novel, The Handmaid's Tale, and discuss how the theme of rebellion is used in both texts. Nineteen eighty four is a dystopian satire that explores the effects of a totalitarian government on society and to what extent humanity can withstand total oppression. The novel follows Winston Smith, a citizen of Oceania living under the reign of the party. Winston is Orwell's depiction of the everyman, as much a victim as a participant of his society. The party is a collective ruling power subject to the kind of brainwashed, regimented lifestyle enforced by real world tyrants of Orwell's time, such as Hitler and Mussolini. Winston is not so much living as existing, his every move dictated by the party and monitored by the disturbing telescreen, his lifelong and only companion. But underneath Winston's facade, a default expression of calm optimism, a small flame of rebellion burns. Fueled by a deeply disturbed sense of injustice, Winston hates the party. He yearns to return to his past life and take back his freedom. Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale is similar in its dystopic style. Narrated by Offred, a handmaid in the Republic of Gilead, where fertile women are child-bearing slaves and the primal bond between mother and child has been destroyed. Offred's life, like Winston's, is not her own. Her every move is planned out for her, ensuring she has no real freedom, only a ghost-like sense of it. A rat in a maze is free to go anywhere, as long as it stays inside the maze. Winston Smith exists on the cusp of two hours. He remembers beautiful fragments of the past, and he craves to have it back. Because of this notion of a once better life, Winston is a direct threat to the party, who believe that if they erase the past, if they rewrite history to their own liking, they erase the possibility of a rebellion. And if all others accepted the lie which the party imposed, then the lie passed into history and became the truth. It is this notion, at first, that motivates Winston to rebel, first privately through small illegal acts, such as writing in a diary he purchased from a junk shop in the proletarian district. By writing in the diary, Winston is able to tell his story to an imaginary audience, an invaluable experience that gives him the sense of being heard and cared about. He later purchases a paperweight from the same shop, thrilled by its beauty and acute sense of uselessness. It is a thing of the past. I don't think it was ever put to any use. That's what I like about it. Winston takes great pleasure in his small acts of rebellion, as they help him to reclaim his sense of individuality and independence, both aspects of humanity that the party aims to squash. The proles, who are the lowest class of society, are subject to Winston's great interest. The proles are all that is left of the world before the party, its laws, its language, and its perpetual state of war. To Winston, although he often struggles to articulate it, the proles are free. The proles have stayed human. Thus, his hope for rebellion rests on the proles, who represent his life before the party, if there was hope it lay in the proles. This idea deliberately targets a reader's love of a story of the underdogs. In this way, Winston is the flawed hero, and the proles are his unlikely army, who he will raise and rebel alongside. When Winston meets Julia, a fellow comrade, his small actions of rebellion develop into larger ones. Julia acts as a catalyst to his rebellion, and their mutual rebellious desire quickly becomes an intimate relationship, another aspect of the human experience strictly forbidden by the party. Desire was thought crime. From a point of authorial purpose, this amorous union is used to instill hope in the reader, in a sense that surely love, the epitome of humanity, shall triumph in its rebellion over evil. Julia's rebellion is quite different from Winston's. She sees her rebellion as a personal battle against the authorities that control her, though not for any particular reason. She hated the party, but she made no general criticism of it. In a naturally adolescent way, Julia rebels for rebellion's sake, taking great pleasure in using her private life to defy the ideologies of the party. Sex is a political act.
Julia is an archetype of the younger generation, both in her own fictional setting and in our society. She represents a more playful rebellion and a certain immaturity in her motivations. In The Handmaid's Tale, Offred rebels most importantly through her narration of her experience, with the hope that in the future, like-minded people will exist to hear it. I am telling you this story. I will your existence. Offred places great value in the telling her own story, as it allows her to convey her experience and also keep her rebellion alive in her thoughts and through the belief that if it's a story I'm telling, then I have control over the ending. Winston and Julia eventually engage in a more serious rebellion when they seek out O'Brien, an alleged member of the Brotherhood. In a moment of desperation, Winston denounces himself and Julia to O'Brien, begging to be given a place in the Brotherhood. We are enemies of the party. We are thought criminals. We are also adulterers. This is Winston's ultimate mistake that eventually leads to his demise. Orwell uses the grim satire of a failed rebellion to stage a political warning. The party is symbolic of the totalitarian, fascist and right-wing extremist governments of his time, and the story of Julian Winston is an example of the consequences of a society who condoned this to a point where rebellion is no longer possible. In a post-World War II society, Orwell's incorporation of political warnings through his storytelling are of immeasurable value as they allow his society to become engaged in the ideas and aware of the consequences, a grim future prospect of a society without democracy. The ultimate rebellion in the novel is that in which Winston engages against his own mind. Tortured beyond the point of return at the hands of his once-beloved O'Brien, Winston is now seen as the embodiment of defeat. As he contemplates his sanity, he is caught in the internal conflict between the trace of his own thoughts and those that the party has brainwashed into him. The novel concludes with the inevitable yet shocking victory of the party. The final representation of rebellion is both a triumph and the ultimate defeat. As Winston receives a bullet to the head, he is finally beaten. But it was all right. The struggle was finished. He had won the victory over himself. He loved Big Brother. 1984 reflects humanity as a fragile thing that can potentially be obliterated if power should fall permanently into the wrong hands. By conveying important political messages for the telling of this story, Orwell ensures that they are received by a wide audience. By including different representations of rebellion, Orwell accurately reflects the inconsistencies of human behaviour and the diversity of our humanity, as well as ensuring that readers from all demographics and time periods can relate to something within the text. Julia and Winston are created as archetypes of the different emotions and behaviours that arise from rebellionist experience and the dynamic motivations that cause it. Orwell's representation of rebellion, or more accurately failed rebellion, is designed to encourage society to remain engaged in the political process and continue to make the government accountable for their freedom, or lack thereof. Thanks for listening and make sure to tune in to next week's episode for more great English hacks.